Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to Church Board Confession Podcast. We are back, um, second week back at that. Um, hope you guys had an amazing past week. I really do hope that last week, just that talk about Pride Man, um, really did something for you. And um, really, I, I hope that this past week was a week where you asked God to search you and to know you and to show you areas of your life where pride might be controlling you and um, how you say it. Uh, influencing your actions and your thoughts and so on and so forth um, and hopefully he revealed that to you if not continue to pray because he absolutely will and even if it's not pride maybe it's something else that that you know has really been getting you um, let's let's talk about it. let's face it let's face it head on ladies and gentlemen you know we don't have to be scared about um, asking that question because God isn't the God that just shows it to us and says, oh, well, you know, you're on your own. No, he's the God that's also going, he's going to show us our wrong. Then he's also going to literally purify us from, purify us from all unrighteousness um, and bear his fruits in us as we surrender and yield to his influence. So I hope that was, that was good for you guys. A um, couple of announcements, man. First announcement is going to be, um, you know, we gotta we gotta do our we gotta do our housekeeping, man. Um, I really do pray um, if you are led at any given time to please donate to this ministry. Um, those of you who came out to Poetry Jam, you know what we're trying to do. You know the vision. You know what we're um, aiming towards. We want to do more events like that, um, and really just the cost of doing everything that we're doing. Um, if you um, are led, please consider making monthly donations, subscribing and making monthly donations to our ministry to where it would automatically withdraw from your account every month. Or you can do a one-time donation as well. Honestly, anything is a blessing. And I pray that whatever you give, that God blesses you tenfold. Um, but yeah, if you feel led at all, we are 501c3 nonprofit. Um, you can make your tax-deductible donation at www.unnecessedassociated.com slash donut. I said donut. Wow. Okay, slash donate, not donut, donate. Um, and yeah, I pray that you be blessed by that, you know. And if you know someone else who's looking to, you know, um, give, sow a seed somewhere, man, hey, look, hey, hey, you know, let them pray on it, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, uh, we're, we are definitely open to receiving it. <laughs> but nevertheless, man, aside from that, of course, I announced it last week. I announced it on the Instagram as well. I also have to apologize real quick, but first I'll announce we have our Bible Bowl, our first ever tournament that we're going to do. We want to do more events to make everybody come together um, and really just have the opportunity to grow as a community and love on each other and just have some fun. Uh, so we have a Bible Bowl. It's a two-week tournament, Monday, March 13th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time and Monday, March 20th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to do two rounds of this tournament. Um, and the first round is going to be Kahoot. The second round is going to be uh, Jeopardy. And ultimately, the person who wins one winner is going to win a name imprinted, custom name imprinted Bible. It's going to be really dope. Um, we've never done anything like this before. So hopefully, we do this and we get feedback, see how you guys like it. Um, if you would like to participate, it's a $5 participation fee. Um, and you can do that with the link that's in the description or the link that's in the bio, however you're watching or uh, listening to this. Um, and yeah, show up, show out, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, we got Bible study next Monday, which is March 6th. Um, 
And if you haven't signed up for that already, that sign up will be available in the description. If I forget to put it in the description because I'm known for doing that, um, you can just go to the link in bio on our Instagram um, where you have access to pretty much every link that we possibly can have unassociated. Um, aside from that, I also want to say this. Uh, it's come to my attention that if you have submitted a volunteer form, our system has been messed up. We haven't been notified. So if that's you, I'm very sorry. Someone did email us, and um, I'm coming to realize now that their application was probably lost in the sauce. And um, I just want to apologize for that. If you have, please email us directly at community at unassociated.com. Yeah, that's what it is. And, um, yeah, hit, hit us up directly, please. I am so sorry, um, and we'll figure, it, we'll figure it out from there. But, um... But, um, yeah, so today I wanted to talk about Pride some more. Um, so I guess you can call this a series, man. You know, I, I was thinking to myself, like, I think it'd be more effective for me to really take my time with different, you know, topics that we talk about just because it's a lot. And it's very, a lot of things can sound very nuanced, so then it takes some time to make it more concrete and understandable. Sometimes it takes me time to articulate things and, of course, give you more time to digest everything that I say because it's a lot of information sometimes, so... Um, I wanted to talk about Pride again, but just this time with a different um, with a different avenue and really honing in on one of the ways that pride materializes in our life, the way that the sin of pride materializes in our life. And we got to talk about comparison and we got to talk about envy. We have to. Let me let me take a sip of this water. We got to talk about those two things, guys, especially our age group. My goodness, comparison is probably the bane of our existence at most of the time. I mean, you look at social media, it is just completely conducive to that to that lifestyle of just comparing yourself, comparing yourself, comparing yourself. That's that's really what it's about. Um, you know, all of us have this pride within us, you know what I'm saying? And if we all want to be this high self-image and to garner worship, but then we see somebody else better at us than something else, that that's going to create some conflict internally and we're going to talk about how that creates conflict externally as well. Um, but just a quick recap of last episode and if you haven't watched last episode, I would please tell you to pause this and go back to that episode um because I don't I'm going to like run through some things that really took 45 minutes to explain last episode. Um, but we, last episode, we talked about pride and ultimately it being an imprisonment, yeah, at least for me, and I think it is for a lot of us as well, when we, because of our pride, that that sinful nature within us that wants to be worshipped and have all this attention, we then cast up a very high self-image of ourselves. And interestingly enough, that can definitely yield a lot of insecurities because as we have this high self-image of ourselves, we also are living a life where we experience losses and rejections and failures and so on and so forth that ultimately expose us to not be the high self-image of ourselves that we once that we have. Um, and that creates a lot of friction. That creates a lot of insecurities. It also leads us to manipulate other people. It, it leads us to commit pride-fueled sins all in an effort to cover up and keep our high self-image from being exposed for the, the human beings that we are that are imperfect, that have limitations, that have um, sins, that have failures, that suffer loss, that suffer rejection, so on and so forth. And then we talked about how we don't really have a reason to be prideful in the first place. You know why? Because 
Every good thing that we have received, as the Bible says, every good and perfect gift that we have received, that we have, it comes from the Father. There's even, and, and you might think, well, what about non-believers? Same thing for non-believers as well. There's something that we call common grace, and you can look it up. How the rain falls on the just and the unjust, and it sets on the just and the unjust. That's what happens. God has some measure of common grace for all human beings. No human being on this planet knows what it's like to not be a beneficiary of God's grace. Not grace unto salvation, mind you, but grace as in good things can happen to you. But like I said, the sin of pride can materialize in multiple different ways. It can materialize in um, insecurities. It can materialize in manipulating other people. Of course, it can materialize in self-idolization. And it also materializes um, in comparison and therefore envy. Because the envy stems from the unholy comparison. And the unholy comparison, ultimately what I believe, stems from pride. So let's talk about how that relationship between pride and unholy comparison. And I'll get into why I call it unholy comparison in a second. Um, pride props up this self-image, right, as I just said. Um, but the thing about also having this, you know, this high self-image is that we're, we're, we're human beings of reason. We like to have reasons as to why, or at least tell ourselves reasons why we are so big and so much more special than other people. So if we have reasons, that means we need to meet certain criteria, we need to have a certain metric. Um, it could be the talents that you have, the success that you get, um, the money that you have, the, the, uh, the attention that you get from the opposite gender. It can be the um, possessions, the materials that you have as well. And ultimately, the pride that we have motivates us to adhere to this metric in an effort to justify our high self-image. And we chase after these things in order to maintain the high self-image, to justify the high self-image, and ultimately keep ourselves from being exposed. I really like to, to, to word it that way because that's where so much of the anxiety comes from, being exposed to not be as special as we feel like we are because of our pride. Pride is all about being special, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. Your pride says that in order to be special, you have to be better than everyone else because that's what special is. Everyone wants to be special, right? And we, we don't really think much of it. We don't really think it's that innocent. I'm sorry, we don't th think it's that bad. Like, we kind of think of it as something innocent. We want to be special. Who doesn't want to be treated special? Who doesn't want to be seen as special? Who doesn't, you know what I'm saying? But the reality is when you talk about something being special, you have to understand that that is a word that exists in relation to something else. That's a description that that relates in that makes that relates to something else. As in, you have to be more special than something else. Because if everyone is special, then guess what, ladies and gentlemen, no one is special. There's a reason why we call it the special someone in your life because there's a distinction between that person and your connection and your relationship and the other people that are just friends. Not to say that friendship is just that, but it's just like there's there's a difference, there's a distinction, and typically we're closer to our significant others or our special someones than we are, um, you know, other people, right? Maybe it's someone you want to marry. You're going to enter into a covenant under God with them. That's special. Special is supposed to be different. Special is supposed to be distinctive. Special in many definitions is supposed to be better. And all of us, we want to be special. And if you're going to be special, like your pride says you ought to be, 
then guess what? You got to be more special than somebody else. You got to be better than somebody else. You got to be greater than somebody else. And if your metric to being this high self-image of yourself is grounded in talent, is grounded in money, is grounded in success, is granted, is granted, um, grounded in materials, then guess what? You are going to want to have all of these things and define your specialness by these things. But a problem arises when you come in contact with someone who has more than you. Because then you have to admit that they're more special than you. But our pride does not want to admit that. Our pride wants us to be special. Our pride wants us to be the best. Our pride needs that justification. Our pride wants us to garner all of the praise and worship. Our pride is not happy when we see somebody else getting the attention that we feel we should have. Our pride is not happy when we see somebody else getting the money that we think that we should have or the opportunities and the experiences or the lover that we think we should have. Hence, unholy comparison. Cue unholy comparison. We are comparing ourselves to other people. And I have to say unholy comparison because comparison is not always bad. But it's, it's implied kind of, right, in, in most of the conversations, at least that I've had, that comparison is bad. But there is a good type of, in compa of comparison. There's a good type of comparison where, you know, you are comparing yourself to Jesus Christ. And in comparing yourself to Jesus Christ, you recognize that you are a dirty sinner and you are in need of Jesus Christ. There's a good comparison where you're comparing yourself to maybe a spiritual leader or a mentor you know, or or maybe it's not a spiritual mentor, but it's it's a um a, a mentor in the corporate world, and you want to be like them. You know what I'm saying? So you learn from them, and so on and so forth. You know, maybe maybe they're they're doing really great things for their family, and you want to do that for their family. So you compare yourself for the sake of being a better person of yourself. You're 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 comparing yourself um, to be a better version of yourself. So, sorry. You're comparing yourself in order to, you know, be a better person that will glorify God and be there for your family um, and just be more righteous altogether. How can I say that something's wrong with that? No one can say that something's wrong with that. That's good. However, there's the unholy comparison that stems from prideful intentions and self-seeking intentions, ambitions that stem from us wanting to be worshipped and praised, respected, and considered more special than others. We compare ourselves to people who are below us in order to feel better about ourselves, or we compare ourselves to people who are above us um, in order to plan how we can get ahead of them. <laughs> and I want to talk about the latter, but for a brief second, let me talk about the former. I mean, we've probably been the person that either has done this or was a person that was affected by this when somebody is comparing themselves to you in order for them to feel better about themselves or when you're comparing yourself to somebody in order to feel better about yourself. And it really sucks, man. You know, the reality is, you know, we're trying to think that we're, we're trying to find reasons to justify why we should think highly of ourselves. And in doing that, we are standing on the shoulder, standing on the back of people who we see as less valuable than us. And it's so messed up. And it's so messed up, man. Hmm. I feel like 
for someone, you know, in, in uh, African households, you're kind of, well, you know, thankfully my, my parents were not like this, but I know people whose parents are like this um, or aunties and uncles or whatever it might be where it's like always comparing you to your age mate, you know? And like, it's just, man, like it, it either makes you feel really good or it makes you feel really bad. Um, but even when it makes you feel good, it's not a real good. It's, it's still a it's still a good that is an under subjection to just being able to feed your ego, you know. Um, maybe that's a different episode. <laughs> but uh, comparison to people who are above us, we compare ourselves to people who are above us in order to plan how we can get ahead. And in doing this, we grow very envious when they are succeeding more than we are, when they got more money than, than we do, they get more attention than we do, we get, they get more praise than we do. Um, when we grow envious, we, we grow covetous, um, and then we steal, and then we kill. Sounds very dramatic. Maybe you never killed anybody, maybe you never stole anything, but in, in, it's, all, it's all very possible when we're talking about envy. Envy absolutely will cause strife at the very least. Envy can turn a brother into a murderer. Look at Cain and Abel. Cain offers his sacrifice. Abel offers his sacrifice. God accepts Abel's, rejects Cain's. And then you want to know what happened right after that? God had a conversation with Cain. Like, it wasn't like God said, uh, yo, yo, your yo sacrifice suck. Get out of my face, man. You, you nothing. No, that's not what God, like, God literally went to go and coddle this man right after. Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 6 and 7. It says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. He's warning Cain. Sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. This man gave Cain a whole pep talk after that. <laughs> but verse 8, now Cain talked to, his, to Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Now, let me give you my interpretation. Now, maybe people can accept this. Maybe they won't accept this. But I'm going to say that the Bible doesn't explicitly say this. But this is Emmanuel's interpretation. You know, disclaimer. Cain's ego was hurt. That's how I see it. His ego was hurt. Because God told him, hey, what are you so pissed about? If what you're upset about is the fact that I didn't accept your sacrifice, then if you do well, you will be, be accepted. Simple as that. God gave him the instruction on what he ought to do next. If what was so upsetting about him was just simply, I didn't honor God. Then God not only showed him that, hey, I've not cast you away. I've not put you far from me. This is what you ought to do. This is the correction. And also, this is the warning, because sin is waiting on you. But you should rule over it. But it's my belief that Cain's ego was hurt, because the ego distracted him from what he ought to do, and instead made him focus on his brother. The ego was hurt. So then came comparison and after the comparison came envy, and after the envy came murder. But it all started with ego. It all started with the pride that he had. 
pride materializes into comparison and then into envy and then into strife. Let's go to James chapter 3. And the homework that I will give is James chapter 3 verse 13 to chapter 4 verse 10. But I'm going to read two passages from that mix to uh, just hit this point. James chapter 3, verse 13 um, to 15, and then I'm going to read chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. <laughs> that is the most controversial word in our generation nowadays. <laughs> but it's demonic, all right? All right? It's demonic. I mean, the thing is, people be so mad that we be calling things demonic. What do you want me to call it? You feel me? Like, <laughs> I don't even think we realize how much is demonic, but I get what they're saying, though. Like, some of us go too far. Um, but the scripture says that that envy, that self-seekingness stems from a demonic wisdom. It is not of God. It is an evil wisdom of the world. Continue on to verse 4. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. He says, where do, you, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealousy. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Hmm. A lot to unpack here. At the end of chapter three, we're told that the that this demonic wisdom is defined by that self-seeking ambition, that that um envy. And then we're told that this also creates that lust for pleasures of life and that covetousness. And the lust and the covetousness then causes the war and the fights and the division. Doesn't that sound so much like some of our lives as well? I mean, we talked about how we use all of these different things to justify our high self-image, the money, the possessions, the success. And essentially, in seeking after these things, we are going to covet. We are going to be seeking after the pleasures of this life. And, and we are going to cause wars and fights and divisions. And even we start to ask God for things. But we're not going to receive. He's not going to give it to us because even the reason why we're asking is not of him. It's to get the money and the possessions and the success. Some of us, we ask for the job. You don't need a new job. 
You just want to make more money than so-so-and-so. Or you ask for the promotion. You don't even like your job, let alone you want a promotion at your job. Oh, we, we ask that God bless us and use us in great ways in ministry. You just want to grab the mic. No, he's not going to honor that. Oh, God, give me more money um, and I'll do and I'll build you a church. You don't even pay your tithe and offering. <laughs> Let alone build a church. <laughs> that don't make no sense. But sometimes we ask because we want to obtain all these different things that will help us to justify our pride, justify our high self-image, ultimately so we can measure up in comparison to our peers. Oh, man, and when we don't get that, oh, man, we envy them for all these different reasons. Because it all stems from us having come to the conclusion, ha having that premise that our specialness, we one, we need to be special, more special than other people, and two, that is defined by these things that we should have. The success, the money, the women, the, the attention, or for girls, men, you know. I know people get mad at this, but I be seeing, bro, girls got egos just like guys do. I know y'all want to hear that, though. <laughs> y'all be y'all be having ego pride tell tell like like i be hearing like you know i be seeing all that like it seems that there's a lot of women that pride themselves on um having a whole bunch of men's attention and getting the men to do things for them so then they can go back to their so-called friends and brag about or show the world these are the things that people are doing for me it's ego man's pride Trying to tell, man. And of course, the men, it's, I'm going to get this woman, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to have her so infatuated with me that I want, and you want the entire world to know that a woman that is so beautiful likes you and is after you and is infatuated with you and allows you to defile her in certain ways. Come on, man. A lot of that is pride, bro. I'm trying to tell you. It's so deeply rooted in in um, society and so deeply rooted in um, our culture that we don't even notice it at times. When I tell you, there's been times in my life where I've talked to people or tried to, like, flirt with people, not because I was actually attracted to them, no, no, like, no, you, you know, I'm attracted to them, but like, not because like I, I genuinely want to spend time with them or that I genuinely want any. No, it's because I want people to know I got it. Like, you feel me? Like, you know, sometimes you gotta do it in their face just so they know they not they not the level that you know what I'm saying. It's crazy. It's bad. It's pride. What I'm saying is it's it's pride. It's terrible. Trust me, it's terrible. Um. <laughs> Yeah, man, like that ultimately, man, that comparison causes us to do a lot of bad things. It causes us to commit these pride-fueled sins. Um, and you know, that's definitely bad. And I also want to talk about how the comparison impacts the people that are around us. All right, so this is gonna be a part of the episode that, you know, maybe it makes some people feel uncomfortable, but 
Um, I'm going to say it anyways. Most of the people who listen to this podcast, where my water at? Are Christians anyways? Um, cause I don't, I don't really like when people try to air out Christian business on like public platforms, but I'm gonna say it anyways, or maybe we're going to post this clip anyways on there, huh? And maybe I'm a hypocrite. I don't know, but I think it's good. I think it's like, it's good what I'm going to say. And ultimately what I'm trying to help you guys understand is how the pride that causes comparison that causes envy is detrimental to our relationships, how we treat other people, and absolutely the church. Maverick City. Let's talk about Maverick City. Maverick City has gotten a lot of heat multiple times in their career, um, but more recently because they went to the Grammys. I know it was a while ago, but it wasn't that long ago. All right. Sometimes I need time to collect my thoughts. Granted, I was the podcast wasn't back back then, but nevertheless, Maverick City goes to the Grammys. Christians, not, I'm not going to say Christians, some Christians are just repulsed by that. Um, and let me, let me first say this. I probably wouldn't have done the performance with Quavo. All right, to be fair. Just because the idea of like, you know, seeing you again, and it just doesn't apply to everyone because not everyone's going to heaven. That's That's me. Right. Um, but they showed up. People weren't happy that they were there. People weren't happy that they performed. Uh, people weren't happy that, that they were in the mix at all. Um, and don't get me wrong. With every human being, let alone Christian influencer or uh, leader, there's room for criticism. There's room for critique. But we have to understand the difference between correcting and critiquing for the sake of restoration, restoring our brothers and sisters that have done something that is not correct, and actually trying to first define our brothers and sisters as workers of iniquity and trying to influence other brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their back on them. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. I think I, I'm disgusted by the Christian pages whose sole purpose is not to spread the gospel, but it is dedicated <laughs> to calling every preacher that has ever said something incorrect or off, calling them a false teacher, calling them forces of evil. I am embarrassed by it. I'm not saying that everyone who criticizes in such a way or criticizes is the problem, but people who criticize in such a way that it appears that they were waiting for this. They were waiting for them to fall. They were waiting for them to stumble. They were waiting for them to slip up. And this is my take. Many of those people are envious. You think envy is not in the church? Of course it's in the church. Strife, division, these things have been in the church 
I mean, we read about it in Galatians. We read about it in uh, in Ephesians. We read about all of these prop Philippians. We read about it. There, there was strife. There was envy. There was different things in the church even back then. These things happen. We are sinners in the church as well, and there's grace for all of us. But man, I tell you, I I, I believe that some of the more harsh critique, especially when it has to do with something that I personally don't believe, believe warranted that harsh of a critique that we should call all people to put away this music because it's demonic. I believe a lot of that stems from when some believers envy other believers for the gift, the grace, and the faith that God has given to others. And they conflate their pursuits of pride with their pursuit of truth, according to the scripture. They conflate their pursuit of pride with exposing sin. And when our brothers and sisters who are in you know positions of leadership fall, their prerogative is not to, I don't even know what prerogative means, but whatever. Their goal <laughs> is not to restore. Their goal is to Let's get them out. And I think a lot of that stems from pride. I think a lot of that stems from pride. I think a lot of that stems from pride that goes into comparison, that goes into envy. Because you have to consider if what we truly all want is for the entire world to know Jesus. And I have seen that Jesus has anointed someone and giving them the grace and the faith and the gift to call people to him, then I'm not happy when they fall, nor will I be so enthusiastic and quick to try and get everybody to bash them or to turn their back on them. But my first, at least my first um, response should be to Pray for them that they be restored. Pray for them to in, that God increases their wisdom and discernment and their understanding. I don't, I don't only see in the church, I see in the black community too. The moment that your homie starts to really go off, it would be the homie that you grew up with from the same town, from the same hood. It's a problem. Why is it a problem? Oh, because he didn't show up to the reunion. What? A lot of people didn't show up to the reunion. The only difference is he got money. And you're envious of that. We got to watch how our envy of other people dictate how we judge them. Because we then put harsher judgment on them that they don't actually deserve from us. We gotta be careful, man. If I be, I told you guys last week, I've been envious of other laborers of Christ, other preachers, other men of God. I've, I've been envious. And I started to see how it's like I was quick to, it's like if I if I heard that they did something stupid, I was like, oof, <clears throat> uh, see? You know what I'm saying? Or I was like, or I was like, um, a part of me was like happy. It was envy, it's the pride. Why, what on earth would I be happy for that for? <laughs> it's the envy it causes division man it causes us to 
hate each other, turn brothers into murderers. Unholy comparison, man, that can lead to really hurting other people. But there's also the unholy comparison that impacts us. There's also the unholy comparison. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard for us to um, see, like, it's hard for us to be motivated to change if what we're doing only affects other people because maybe we're not compassionate enough. So let me also explain how the unholy comparison negatively impacts us internally. The insecurities that stem from you have your high self-image. These are the things you have to maintain, but oh my gosh, how can I be more special than this person? This person is more special than me according to the metrics, according to the criteria. Now I'm insecure because I'm not as blank as someone else. And there's so many of us that never feel enough because ultimately enough, like if you don't feel enough, I encourage you to define what enough is. Because when you find what enough is, typically that's the perfect human being. And some of us, enough is God. And you are neither of those things. You never feel enough because your definition of enough is something you were never created to be. It's not you, buddy. And I don't want that to make you feel bad. This is not about deprecation, but this is about realization that all of us, not just you, all of us are nothing outside of the grace and the goodness of God. Period. Why do I have to compare myself to someone else? And either I have to be more special or they're more special and I'm envious of them. But what define what makes us special? What is what what is it that makes you special? Your talent? Your money? Your gifts? The good things that happen to you, the good things that you have? Is not every good and perfect gift come from above? What is that verse, man? I'm sorry. Just Google the verse. <laughs> I don't quote that verse like 15 times past two episodes. I still didn't write it down. <laughs> the remedy for unholy comparison is pride, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to compare yourself to people if you don't feel like you have to be special than anybody else. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, um, starting at verse 3 to 6. These episodes are getting longer, huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, whatever. You can pause it and come back. It's not like I'm holding you hostage. <laughs> uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 to 6. For I say, though the grace given to, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, hello, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, um, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace, excuse me, excuse me, that is given to us, let us use them, dot, dot, dot. It goes on. Versus goes on and goes on to talk about the different gifts that people have. Um, Why does this place hit hard for me? 
one, it tells us to not think highly, more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And the reason why we ought not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think, that high self-image, the reason why that high self-image is not justified is because the gifts that you have are be, have been given to you. And not only have the gifts been given to you, but the grace and the faith needed in order to use those gifts have been given to you by God. First Corinthians chapter 4 poses the question, what do you have that you have not received? And if you have received it, then why do you boast as if you have not received it? Because if something was given to you, you can't boast about it and be like, ah, see, I have this because you didn't earn it. You didn't work hard for it. It was given to you. A lot of us humans, we get that mixed up. You know, we live in this capitalist society. I'm not bashing capitalism, but we live in this capitalism society, you know, that says, you know, you earned it, right? Or you didn't earn it, Right? And a lot of times we confuse ourselves into thinking that we're self-made. So many people want to be self-made, so much so that they even lie about it nowadays. <laughs> but the Bible says, hey, that's a gift, buddy. That's a gift. That's a gift. But then, you know, this is a sin in us, and this is a sin in me. My question is, okay, it's a gift. It comes from God, so on and so forth. But how come God gave this person more gifts than me? <laughs> or how come... You know, I'm not in a stadium talking to people in a stadium. And and he is. You know, like, so what's up with that? You know? But even that questioning still comes from the pride within us, ladies and gentlemen. We sound like the disciples, man, when they're arguing. It's Luke 22. You guys can read that. that that's that's homework. Luke 22, starting at verse 26, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think 24. Starting at verse 24. Disciples are over here going at it. Hey, I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And they're arguing over so who's better than who. You know? Imagine. I mean, you know, people would probably think Peter was the best, right? Because Peter had, a, you know, he had a lot of screen time. Let's say it like that. You know? We don't ever remember Bartholomew. <laughs> Poor Bart, man. You know? So they're probably going at it. You know, someone was probably envious of the other. And then the other one was like, oh, you ain't got it like me. You know what I'm saying? Comparing themselves. To, to see who's below them and who's above them. And Jesus had to kill all that. Verse 26 says, But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not the one who sits at the table? He who sits at the table? Yet I am among, I among you as the one. Sorry. Yet I am among you as the one who serves. Man. I tell you, what Jesus does is he completely contradicts our definition of special, our definition of greatness. That the greatest is not the person that gets all the respect and honor from humans. The greatest is not the person that's always at the front stage, is in the stadiums. Everybody's looking at them. Paparazzi, pop, 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 pop. Nah. It's the one that serves. If I tell you that one day when we all get to heaven, there's going to be the preacher that sold out stadiums and the janitor that cleaned the stadium, and that janitor might have more rewards in heaven than the preacher. That's what God defines as greatness. Service, faithfulness, that's great. It's not about the money you have. It's not about the attention you get. It's not about the gifts that you have. Because there's a lot of people that are very gifted, but they're not doing it for the Lord. They're led by the earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. 
Look at look at look at the world today. Look at all of these people that God has blessed with a voice to sing, with a mind that can write down rhymes, um, um, with the ability to play instruments and how they use it for the devil. <laughs> how they use it for their own gain, and how they use it to promote uh, sin. Man, they got the gift, and God gave them the grace. God gave them the faith, but they're not interested. Not interested. I'm going to read this uh, quote from the Desiring God article. This article is Lay Aside the Weight of Low Self-Image. I hope that you read it because I told you guys to read it last week. If you haven't read it, go back to last episode in the description um, and read, please read both of those articles that are there. Um, so here's a, here's a quote. It says, but if we put to, I'm sorry, but if we put this unholy lowliness to death by choosing to believe that all of us have been assigned by God sacred functions in Christ's body and humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand, trusting him to exalt us at the proper times and ways, First Peter chapter 5, verse 6, if we really seek to consider others more important than ourselves, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, and not trust our impulse to be first and remembering that the least among us often is the one God considers great, Luke 9, 48, then we will be thinking with godly, sober judgment, like it tells us to in Romans 12, 3, in a different version from what we read. Um, that's the key, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to bring an end to comparison. We've got to stop the unholy comparison because the unholy comparison breeds either insecurities on one end or, sorry, um, more like a, a fabricated confidence on one end. Or envy on the other end. We see what envy can do in our relationships to others. And we also see what envy can do internally with ourselves. It's not good. And none of these things honor God. So in order for us. To be free from the sin of envy. We ought to be free from the habit of unholy comparison. And in order to do that. We need to be free from the sin of pride. And my Bible says that we are free from sin because Jesus Christ died and resurrected. We are free from sin, ladies and gentlemen. So walk in that freedom. And if you still find it very hard to walk in that freedom, then I am encouraging you to become more serious and become more intimate with the Holy Spirit within you because that's the only person that can save you. I can't save you. I can just talk to you about the Bible. Let's be real. Um, but it's about what happens after this podcast. Um, it's about you keeping your mind meditated on the scriptures and you living a life devoted to Christ and listening and being obedient and looking up to him and, and, um, leaning on the Holy Spirit and praying and fasting. That's that's really where the battlefield is. Um, pride sucks, y'all. It's terrible. It's terrible for you. It's terrible for the people around you. 
Um, it is not what God wants for your life. And he resists the proud. He resists the proud, ladies and gentlemen. We need to put on humility. That's what we need. Humility. Humility is freedom, guys. I don't know if I'm going to talk about pride next week. So maybe this is just part one, part two. But I'm sure in the future we'll have more to talk about. But humility is freedom, guys. That's really what I want you guys to understand, man. I feel so free not feeling like I have to do a whole bunch of things and accomplish a whole bunch of things and be seen by certain people in a whole bunch of ways in order to actually feel good about myself. The reason why I feel good about myself is not because of all the accomplishments I have. Neither is it because of um, the attention that I get. Um, because if that were the case and if I didn't have those things, I'd feel awful about myself. Are you starting to get it? The reason why I love myself and the reason why I'm happy and I'm content is because literally God loves me and he's proven that to me. And not only that, he allows me to be a partaker in his holiness. He allows me to be a vessel that he uses to declare his praise, that he called out of the darkness into the light so I can declare his praise. Um, I'm a royal priesthood, a part of a holy nation. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm part of a chosen generation. Um, I can't say that I don't have value because the price was paid already. The value is the fact that Jesus Christ died for me and rose again. I don't have to be more than anything else. I don't have to be more than that. Like everything else is just really grace and it's a bonus. You know, maybe one day I'm talking in, you know, in front of a stadium of people. But even that, it, it I wouldn't be more special than I am now. Like this is it. This is me. Here I am, a product of God's grace, like we all are, a product of God's grace, a product of God's goodness. Any reason why I could think that I'm more special than somebody else, I have to first admit that if it's a good and if it's a perfect gift, this thing has come from God. And if I have received it from God, what makes me think <laughs> that I'm better than anyone else? Why, why should I boast about it? Why? Instead of asking questions like, how did that have? How did that not? How did I not get that? It's more so that I have to humble myself and say, "Well, well why would it I? Have, why would I have gotten that?" God is good. God is faithful, and He wants to free you from pride, man. He does not want that there. Get rid of it by His Spirit. Get rid of it by His Spirit. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. Go to the Holy Spirit. Let's get rid of it. Um, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your patience with us, oh God, because so many of us, we've been living in this darkness. We've been living in this sinful habit, Lord Jesus, for our entire lives, as long as we can remember. And we don't even, we don't even think much of it, um, especially when we live in a society that's just so conducive for it. Uh, but Father God, we repent. We choose now to repent, and we accept the freedom that comes with humility, freedom from our insecurities, freedom from comparison and envy. Um, so we can even even freedom from the, the voices. Maybe it's our parents. Maybe it's our loved ones um, that are always comparing us to other people. But those things are not even going to bother us no more, oh God, because we know the truth. Even if other people don't acknowledge the truth, we acknowledge the truth and we live by the truth. We walk by the truth. We are filled with the truth. So, Father God, I pray that you help us, Lord, to walk in humility to lay aside pride, to lay aside the high self-image that terrorizes us. 
and to no longer see any justification for low self-image as well. Because why? You've already told us what we are worth, Lord Jesus. You've showed us what we are worth to you, O oh God. Help that to be the foundation of our self-love and not stop at self-love, but then show that love to other people as well, God. Thank you for this time to talk about pride. And as we continue to go about life, it might not be just a smooth ascending order that we're just growing in our spirit and we never get insecure or we never are comparing or we never have a prideful moment again lord jesus but i just pray that that growth be there that it be consistent and that you help us lord even when we fall to get back up to get back in line to accept your grace and you purify us from all unrighteousness lord um and that we ultimately grow to be more like christ in jesus name amen Amen and amen and amen, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. And I will ask that, you know, if you haven't signed up to the, for the Bible Bowl, make sure you handle that. I'll have a couple more weeks before we start. And, uh, yeah, you guys uh, hit me up if you need anything. You guys know my Instagram. If you don't, if you know the unassociated Instagram, you probably know my Instagram. Um, hit us up. Also, um, moving forward, sorry, I should have said this in the beginning. Um, Topic suggestions, man. Ask Church Boy. www.unassociated.com slash ask church boy. Gee, I'd be talking too fast for my own good sometimes. Um, send us your send me your topic suggestions. Send me the things that you want me to elaborate on. I'm really not scared to talk about anything, guys. In, in the past I've been more reluctant to, but whatever you guys are struggling with, I'm willing to, to like really sit down, study it, and you know do an episode on it. So I, I really mean it because I really, it's about service, y'all. It's about service, it's about serving you. Um, I don't want to just only do topics that I think is relevant, but I want to do topics that is genuinely relevant to you um, that can help you in your Christian walk. So um, hit us up. www.unassociated.com slash Church Boy. I love you guys. Have a great week. Peace.